The Naval Academy Museum presents a history of the Navy in 100 objects. Grant Walker is the education specialist at the Naval Academy Museum. Today, he takes us to the second floor of the museum, to the collection of wooden model ships located there. And we discuss a model of the British ship Minerva and the unique representation it has of a copper bottom. We're standing before a model of a British frigate called the Minerva. The Minerva was a very, very groundbreaking, very important ship. Until Minerva was built, the largest frigates on the high seas carried 32 guns. She carried 38. So she was already considerably bigger than any other frigate she might meet. But more important than that, until this ship was built, the most heavily armed frigate carried 12-pounder cannon, a main battery of 12-pounder cannon, meaning the solid iron shot that the cannon fired weighed 12 pounds. This ship, because she was bigger than any other uh, frigate yet built, was capable of carrying 18-pounders. That's a 50% increase uh, in firepower over any other frigate she might meet on the high seas. And of course she had, as I say, 38 guns versus 32. So she was more fully armed with much bigger guns. There was no other frigate on anywhere on the high seas that could stand up to this frigate for several years until everybody, all of the great maritime states in Europe, copied her and started building 18-pounder frigates. And they stayed the gold standard for all the Western uh, European Navy's frigates until one day in 1812, when an 18-pounder frigate not far removed from Minerva in style and design and armament ranged up against the Constitution. But unlike the 18-pounder frigates, Constitution was armed uh, with 24-pounder uh, cannon. That's a quarter, 25% uh, stronger. And she carried as many as 50 guns. She was designed for 44, and they actually carried more than 50. So this ship did to all its opponents what the Constitution, the American frigate Constitution, did to all of its opponents a generation later. In fact, Constitution was considered a, um, a groundbreaking revolutionary ship uh, because she was so big and so heavy. But frankly, in 1780, that's what everybody felt about Minerva as well. She, uh, in relative terms, she also was a huge frigate. And um, as I say, she served as the model for all other frigates for a whole generation. The other important thing about this model is the coppering that we see the copper plates that are covering the lower hull. People have been trying to protect the underwater portion of wooden boats and ships for as long as, as, uh, as we can remember. Uh, even the Egyptians were trying to cover the lower portion of their hulls way back uh, thousands of years ago. And people tried everything. They tried tar and paper. They tried linseed oil. They tried lead, they tried everything that could be until somebody in 1761 in England suggested trying copper plates. So they coppered a frigate uh, called the Alarm in 1761. Now these were copper plates, they were affixed with iron bolts, and then they dipped them in salt water. And what happened is you got an electrolytic action that ate up all the iron bolts. And so the, the first experiment with copper was a failure. In 1778, however, just at the outside, outset of the American Revolution, um, a British manufacturer had figured out how to make copper alloy that was strong enough to make bolts out of it. Then they could attach copper plates with copper 
uh, volts and you didn't get the electrolytic action. This is the earliest example of coppering anywhere in the world. It's affixed. These, these are actually, it looks like they're individual plates that were about this big, but uh, in fact they're strips here and they're scribed two, two uh, rows at a time, but they are all affixed with individual tiny, tiny tacks representing the bolts. They're all made out of copper and there are 40,000 of them that the modeler first drilled by hand and then lightly tapped into the side of this model. Um, that's an awful lot of work to show this, but copper today is expensive. Copper in those days was expensive as well and it made no sense for the British to only copper a few ships here and there because they sailed in fleets and they didn't want part of the fleet to be able to outsail the rest of it. What did the copper do? It protected the underwater portion of a ship's hull from two things. From barnacles and seaweed, which slowed the ship down, and from the infamous teredo worm, which ate the ship up in tropical waters. They're still there today, and if you still leave a wooden boat down in, in uh, the Caribbean over a season, you'll come back and you won't have any boat left because the teredo worms will eat it all up. Well, the copper prevented that from happening, did it very successfully, and again, this was copied by every other, um, well, for all of the British, they coppered the entire fleet essentially in just a matter of a couple of years, and they had an immediate payback on this because after having lost the Battle of Yorktown in 1781, the British were also at risk of losing all of their Caribbean possessions. But a, a British fleet was uh, dispatched to the Caribbean where it was able to hunt and chase down and, and come up with the French fleet because the British fleets were coppered and they were thus much faster than the French ships which had been in those waters and their hulls were quite dirty. The British brought the French to action at the Battle of the Saints, won the battle and managed to keep their British possessions in the Caribbean. So this model is important both uh, as a an example of the new 18-pounder frigate that sets the stage for a generation, and it's also the earliest example of coppering, which people essentially are still doing to this day.